just talking about our uh we had a slow slow start today just because uh it was like right as we sat down we both were like oh no because we like one of us i think it happened to both of us right that we got up from like our lazy days and our cats were like asleep and so we were like oh maybe we cannot feed our cats and then i i had to feed my cats because (laughs) as soon as i got up they were like oh let me just scratch all of the frames off the wall. Let me just do all of this shit that's really noisy <laughs> to get your attention. Yeah, I mean, as soon as I start walking around, Chuni usually gets up and follows me. And he was very obnoxious when I was in the kitchen hunting for all of my supplies. But he mostly just wants me to like sit down so he can sit on my lap like 90% Aww. of the time. So he's... He's being a good little boy right now, but we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> <laughs> we are always uh, racing the the cat sounds <laughs> to record. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, hello and welcome to Paranormal Captivity. Um, we are back. We are yet again so sorry for the hiatus, um, but we have a plan this time, you guys. We are <laughs> on it. Do, do we? <laughs> Yeah, I think we briefly talked about it. Um, Yeah, we decided so just to because I mostly what's been happening, it's been my fault that we've kind of been like falling into a little slump just because, man, this past year has been so hard. (laughs) And like, things just really quickly fall by the wayside. So we decided we're going to come back uh, every other week. So we're going to start there. And um yeah, we just had, so that was basically our plan is that, that we're going to start with every other week. And we do have some fun, like, things that we've been doing. We've been doing a little Tarot Tuesdays on Instagram Live. So once a month, but then every, so I'm going to do them from my personal account um, every week. So I'll just be pulling from my cat tarot deck for my own reading but then every month once a month julia and i are gonna do one together where we read for our cats yeah and if you haven't seen it we did chuni in january so starting off mm-hmm. the new year strong with some, yep. some fun readings for chuni i don't think they've come true yet because he's oh no continued to be an asshole <laughs> so i don't know where those friendship uh cards come in <laughs> oh yeah turning he over a new like... leaf and making new friends i don't think that's happening <laughs> that's true his spread was like so i pulled three cards for him and we kind of read it as like oh chuni's gonna like really turn over a new leaf like he kind of historically is not like the favorite cat when he goes home um to our parents house so we were like maybe this is the time maybe there's gonna be a change and apparently there just has not been a change <laughs> <laughs> well i also haven't been home since then so mm. i mean maybe he'll make more friends back on the uh the old homestead but he has not been nicer to mushu in that time oh. frame well that's more sad for mushu than it is for <laughs> <Chuni>. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's true. But I actually did just make like a really big chewy order and like redid Mushu's little like tiny carpet space that he keeps to. And so Chuni's been spending a lot more time there because it's like nice now and Aww. has like fun things. So maybe they'll become friends now that Chuni likes to hang out up there. Now that they've got some luxuries in their life. <laughs> yeah, now that they have some luxury and Mushu's not going to be alone in his little carpet space the whole time oh well i think we i might have um i might have promised that franklin was next in this last tarot tuesday because he was like i think it was he yeah he was being a pain he was like making a lot of noise like while i was doing the tarot tuesday so i was like i think he wants his cards read so i think we have to do franklin next yeah that's fair i think we can do a nice little back and forth I was just going to say, yeah, we should definitely alternate back and forth. That, that yeah, makes sense. East Coast, West Coast. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Do you realize this is actually going to take us, with three cats each, this will literally take us, if we're doing one a month, that's going to take us half the year. Like, it will take us six months to do. <laughs> yeah, and if you want me to go home at some point and, like, Ooh. periodically do other cats in the house, like, we have Mabel, we have... Mm-hmm. We could do Leo, although Leo's kind of an asshole these days, too. (gasps) Oh, Leo. Um, Who else is at home? Mabel, Leo, Ari. We should definitely do Ari. We're never going to get Nixie. (laughs) No, no, we would never get Nixie. That's true. Oh, my God. Are those our only cats at home? Are there only four at home right now? That's so sad. Yeah, I think we still have the phantom limbs of, uh, of Chansey and Herbert. Yeah, we used to have seven cats at home. We also have the phantom limbs of my cats because they used to live in that house when I lived in that house before I moved Mm. to Baltimore. Uh And so at one point we had seven cats in that house, but then of course I took two of them to Baltimore with me. Right. So that did deplete the numbers. And when I go back, it does bump those numbers way back up. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Well, quarantine question, how have your have your cats been doing anything new or interesting as quarantine has just worn on throughout the the years oh, at this man. point? I More know, than one right? almost. Uh not really, not so much. They're just, you know, being cats, doing mm-hmm. doing their cat stuff, <laughs> doing <laughs> doing cat life. I still take Chuni for walks. Uh, when I can, mostly on the weekends. But mm-hmm. I don't think he really likes being out in the cold that much, so he, he tends to cut those walks pretty short. But um, my new my new goal, so in my big chewy order for Mushu's loft area. <laughs> <laughs> Mushu's loft, I love Mushu's it. loft. Like, I had, like... A new scratching post, which Chuni is obsessed with. Mm. I got him a new furry bed, but I also got him because he's an old man and Aww. can't jump anymore. Aww. I got him some pet stairs to get onto my bed. I love it. <laughs> so I'm trying to teach him what pet stairs are because he doesn't seem to really understand what they're used for. He's like still. When I bring him onto the bed, he's still, like, jumping off the side, even though I'm like, Mushu, here, look, there's stairs. And he just kind of, like, <laughs> flops himself, like, off the wrong side. So trying to 
get him to figure out that, you know, he's not the smartest cat. He's beautiful, but he's not very bright. <laughs> he's like a, like a male model. He's like a Zoolander cat. <laughs> he's a Zoolander cat. I'm surprised that like anything new in my house just gets like immediately like sat upon like it's n- it's not even like a question like they would know how to use stairs just because they want to put their little assholes on like every single thing that because that's like new to them in the house yeah no for sure I mean Chewie is like that and he has taken over I have so my Chewie my Chewy order came in like boxes within boxes within boxes because everything was like packaged like in different boxes within this like massive like three foot long box so he has been taking over those my whole house is just like filled with empty boxes that he like I can't get rid of because I know he likes them (laughs) (laughs) but then he also like went up and immediately like you know sat on everything and like used everything up there it's just Mushu who I had to like physically remove from his old bed and plop him into his new bed because he wouldn't even try it out on his own (laughs) oh man we have like a a semi new bed over here me and the cats um m so m from and that's why we drink so i don't know if i've said this specifically yet but so because i couldn't sadly go home for christmas this year because of covid um m um came over to my place we both like quarantined and got tested beforehand to to make sure it was safe and then um, they came over and we just had like a little little Christmas to ourselves which was really nice after like FaceTiming with our families Um, but one of the things that M gave me is a hanging cat bed which I've always wanted and uh, yeah it was kind of similar like I I did I will say I did plop one of them on it because that was like the first just because I couldn't wait. Like, I knew they were going to get on it, but, like, I was mm-hmm. being impatient. So I just, like, grabbed Shadow and just, like, dropped him on top of it. And then after that, it was just, like, over. They just have been... They just love it. They, like... I even tried to put a blanket on it for them, but they, like, threw it off. And they're like, no. <laughs> they're I like, no. <laughs> yeah, they're like, we don't Unnatural. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, yeah, they lay up there all the time. They especially like it because it's, like, you know, right on the, the sliding glass door. So the wind... The sun you know shines in and they can get some nice like sun sunning time in but oh man yeah they all like they'll fight for it like franklin and shadow will like if one of them's been on there for too long they'll like jump on top of the other one and kind of kick them off and be like it's my turn now <laughs> <laughs> um so that's been a real hit nice which has been fun hmm let's see hanging cat beds I'm trying to find a way to like you know steer us into the book but i'm not sure hanging cat beds hanging uh, cat beds just like the cliffhanger we oh! left off on last time <laughs> julia that was really good i like it <laughs> yes yes that tickled my cozy ma- cozy mystery fancy <laughs> excellent work no thanks thanks i i tried yeah so this was uh i feel like this was a a good place for us to take like a hiatus because i had i don't know about you but i had completely forgotten what had like i picked up the book and was like oh what even is this Mm -hmm. like who are these characters again (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah, we, I mean, we did end on a cliffhanger last time, but I feel like we started off with a really good recap. Yes. 
So we uh, we start off, oh my gosh, and I'm already embarrassing myself and I don't remember where we're starting off, but we start off, <laughs> oh, I think it's at a Chinese restaurant. Yeah, so we. I think part of the reason that we had such a good recap is because we had such a cool early in the section. Um, so this is the dramatic conclusion of A Deadly Inside Scoop by oh, Abby yes. Collette. Um, yes, I just yes. realized we hadn't actually said the name of the book. Um, but yeah, so we've been reading for the past year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it's we are, great. It's we love a, it. it it really is. It's such a good book. It's not it's not the book. It's we're us. just terrible people. <laughs> yes. Um we just were we were hit by hit by 2020. 2028 our homework, which actually if you guys haven't followed Paranormal Captivity out of context, one of our sweet listeners runs the Paranormal Captivity out of context Twitter. And it's so funny and like not to be like we're so funny, but they just like pick <laughs> the the best like out of context things to put out and one of them was like 2020 uh 2028 my homework and i was like we said that? when did we say that? we're geniuses because it did eat our homework <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember that but we're so funny <laughs> we are so funny and so accurate about our our lives oh god um, yeah, that was a good one. Good for us. <laughs> yes, yes, good one. Um, shout out to them. Thank you so much for doing that. You guys should go follow them. <laughs> oh, but so back to the thing that I did not even finish saying, what is wrong with me? Um, we get this really great um, like flip in this section. So as we kind of hit the like the three fourths of the way through the book, Mark, we get this like switch between so when Bronwyn Cruz owner and operator of the Cruz family creamery. So she's been investigating with her friend Maisie. And that was like, I think the bulk of our last episode was her and Maisie mm-hmm. was her and Maisie investigating together. But we get a few other little helpful people come well, helpful and not helpful. So the first part is that she's filling in Raya, their friend Raya, who I think we mentioned last time, has like not really been a huge part of the book so far. <laughs> well, get ready for her to become a huge part of the book. <laughs> <laughs> a huge and very physical part of the book. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we do. We pick back up with, uh, I think it's her and Maisie are you know, kind of talking investigation and then they go up to the... It's Maisie's grandmother's restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. The Chinese restaurant? Okay. So yeah, it's Chi- Rivka, who for the first part of this chapter, I thought was Raya because I'm bad with names and they both start with an R. <laughs> yeah, well, and they also, it is a little tricky because they have been calling, so Rivka is Maisie's grandmother, but they also call her Satva, which I think mm-hmm. means grandmother. In Yiddish, maybe? Is she Jewish? Am I wrong? I'm r- probably wrong. I'm going to cut that part out. <laughs> I, I think that's right. Okay. Okay. Also, it's Savta. The V is before the T. Oh, okay. Sorry. So sorry. I Savta. Think, I don't know. I mean, I could be pronouncing that wrong. No, I think you're probably right. I was I, I was guilty of mixing up letters in my head. And I, I did the thing really quickly in my brain where I was like, say it right, say it right. And then I clearly <laughs> didn't say it right. Didn't. Apologies. <laughs> Apologies all around. Savta. Um, so yeah, that character does have have um, two different quote, like uh, her, her name, and then what they call they call her Safta also. And yeah, so they're in the Chinese restaurant, and they are they run into Raya there because 
<gasps> she has been stood up for what a jerk <laughs> what she initially says is a date but then as they kind of fill each other in so like Maisie and, and when fill riot in on all of their investigating up to this point and then raya they kind of pull from raya so remembering back so raya is their friend who works at a hospital um she's a doctor and she's also like this factors in later a bit hot tempered <laughs> <laughs> and so so she yeah so initially she says she's been stood up and then the more they're like you're dating someone who are you dating and she was like well it was less of a date and more of like i was just going to confront this asshole who like it does turn out that she was like maybe a little bit like i think she thought that they were a little bit farther along in dating than they actually were or not than they actually were because let's lay all the blame on the guy because let's be honest that's mostly where the blame lies but because it also sounded a little bit like he had strung her along anyway it sounded a lot like he had strung her along or had just been like completely oblivious and obviously not thinking about anyone else's perspective which seemed about right uh checks out checks out accurate (laughs) to men (laughs) um so yeah so she but it also is not even just plainly like purely romantic it turns out that she's confronting him not about their relationship but about the fact that she thinks that he's been basically using her name like as a doctor to get meds from the pharmacy at the hospital which like whoa huge no no big no no yeah so she's like i'm not sure but like i'm sure like i know that it was him and uh, apparently he just never showed and so she was pretty mad but yeah is it right from there that they decide to go because they have a little bit of like a, they decide to do one thing and then they end up following up on this exact storyline, like almost immediately. Yeah, I think they, so they they get the story from Raya about her guy that stood her up. But then, I mean, she came in like in the middle of their conversation about their like stakeouts and plans. So, so they invite her along and I think there's a little bit of a like, well, we don't really need you because we don't need to be protected. And she's like, oh, hell yes, you need me. I'm going to come with you. <laughs> but mm-hmm. we do get a really nice recap in that conversation because I had completely forgotten like a lot of the characters that were involved because there's a lot of suspects at this point. Yeah, yeah. So they had previously in the last section done some sleuthing with sleuthing on Ari in Maisie's restaurant, but then they had also run into, what is her name, Gladys? Gladys Vale, yeah. Gladys Vale, yeah. They had also seen her when they were checking up on Dave, right? Is his name Dave, who is the son of the the guy whose wife ran off with Stephen Bayer, the dead guy? It is not Dave. (laughs) It's not Dave. Okay. (laughs) But you're close. Yeah, it's Dan. Yeah. (laughs) Dan. I knew it started with a D. (laughs) Very close. And also, um, I think that wasn't that it was like the dad was Dan and then the son was Danny. Maybe. Oh. I don't know. I can't remember. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, they had, uh, they had, I think they had been following him in the last section when they went to, they like followed him to the, the like retirement community or mm-hmm. like the, the senior center or wherever that he had gone to to visit his dad. And they had saw Gladys Vale there. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why they decided to go back. 
to like kind of sneakily look into her a little bit. And so Raya agrees to go along on that trip. Mm. Yeah, so I think that's that, that's next step, which leads immediately into her confronting <laughs> this guy <laughs> who stood her up because yeah. he actually ended up being there, which is crazy. I mean, I don't know, this is probably like a really small town, so maybe it's not that crazy. Yeah. But um, yeah, he ended up being there with Gladys and they see them both walking together in the parking lot. And so they, Maisie and Wynn are like, we gotta follow Gladys. Like, let's hunt her down. We gotta, like, see where she's going. And Raya is, like, very dead set on, like, running this guy down and, like, tackling him and <laughs> confronting him immediately on the spot. So that's actually what they, uh, what she does. And she ends up dragging him back to the car. And they have a little, little confrontation right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, we get some information from him more as it relates to raya because i think that's kind of where we get from him he's like oh i don't date and she's like what the fuck do you think we were doing like hello um and then i can't remember he does kind of he does admit to taking the to using her name right but isn't it kind of Mm -hmm. like we find out more about that later i think more specifically it didn't honestly the confrontation didn't I didn't feel like it gave, like, great information. I mean, it didn't really give anything about, like, the murder or, like, murder suspects. They were Mm -hmm. kind of thinking, like, you know, after the conversation, she was like, oh, you know, like, the drugs that were used to kill Stephen Bayard, like, could have been in that cabinet. And, like, he could have definitely been, like, sneaking them out Mm -hmm. for Gladys. Like, that's definitely a, you know, like something that should be investigated but the conversation that they had with him he really didn't seem like he knew what he was doing no like he just kind of seems like oh you know i saw your passcode and i thought i could get away with it and so i just like gave it a try to see if i could do it and like he didn't it didn't even seem like he actually took any drugs from the cabinet he just wanted to see if he could get the like slip past the nurses to let them to get them to like open it for him but even that, like, not to completely rule him out immediately, but, I mean, he is completely ruled out eventually. Because isn't it also that, like, his grandmother is sick and, like, lives in that nursing home? Mm-hmm. So he basically, he's, like, a, uh, like a nurse or, like, a, like, Raya's a doctor. I think he's, like, a little, a little bit lower on the totem pole. But he's also working two, sh- two jobs. So he's working at the hospital. And then he's also working at this um, uh, retirement home where i think his grandmother is living and i think he was stealing drugs for her wasn't he like she had something going on in terms of her health that i think he was trying to yeah i'm unclear because it it kind of sounded like no drugs had actually been taken at that time but yeah maybe he was just doing like a practice run where he was like seeing if he could get away with it and then like planning for you know that in the future gotcha but yeah his yeah that was why he was working at both places the hospital and the like senior care facility and again i mean we did just completely rule him out but he's also like not (laughs) but he's also like suspicious and like did a bad thing yeah yeah and like he did he never really like as i was reading the to the end of this i never was like oh, yeah, it was definitely him. You know, like, there was enough, mm-hmm. like, confusion about him that I was like, meh. Um, so basically, the to wrap that storyline up before we completely forget, at the very end, Raya does end up feeling bad that she, like, 
basically assaulted him and uh, <laughs> also got him fired. I mean, rightfully got he him got fired. He got himself fired. <laughs> he got himself fired for sure. But then she does feel bad because he had been... It does come out that he was trying to take care of his grandmother. And so she does a very nice thing that he didn't necessarily deserve. And she um, takes on a volunteer shift at the retirement center so that she, so that his grandmother can be one of her patients so that she can do that pro bono, I suppose, if that's what, I don't know if you can use that term for doctors, but um, yeah. So yeah. So that storyline wraps up pretty quickly. He is, yeah, because they start spinning off on different theories of like, oh my, because he was walking with Glynis Vale. That was the other thing in that riot. I think that was the thing that got her the most mad is that she had just been stood up by him. And then he comes walking out with someone who literally ends up just being his coworker, but also, uh-huh. I mean, it looks like he's walking out with another woman that she's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Also, you're right. Her name is Glennis, not Gladys. <laughs> oh, did you say Gladys? I didn't even hear that. <laughs> I feel like I've been saying Gladys. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I'm um, still bad with names. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out that hasn't changed. Hasn't changed. <laughs> but yeah, speaking of Glennis Vale, she remains pretty suspicious throughout most of this, if not towards the very end. And, like, I don't think they get much from her there, but it, they think that she hasn't seen them. But mm-hmm. little cliffhanger, it turns out she has seen them that mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of, like, kind of in between. I feel like that was actually... So I started reading earlier this week, and I feel like that's actually where I stopped. And then I have, like, a little a little bit of, like, a memory blip until this morning when I read the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Because Raya also kind of dips out again in terms of investigation. She was there for that and then isn't for much more. And then we get a new investigation partner, which is Wins Pop Pop. Yeah. So I feel like the the little like blip out as I'm frantically flipping through my book trying to remember what I read like 30 seconds ago. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, the little blip out that kind of like connects things together. So I think they take a break while uh, this guy lawyers up because he does say he wants to lawyer up, which like also kind of keeps a suspicious on him suspicion on him for like a little bit longer than it probably needed to be. Mm. Um but they they do let him go and then Wynn goes back and cooks uh or <laughs> cooks, can you cook ice cream? She starts mm-hmm. like making ice cream in her shop and kind of you get like a little like internal monologue um for, you know, like half a chapter or so as she like kind of works through all of her suspicions and like runs down the list of suspects again. Mm-hmm. So I think that's when we run into um, Pop-Pop again and he comes by and kind of like comes into the into the fold, into the conversation and confronts her actually and is like, I saw you doing all these things mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. having your own little investigation going on and she's like, how did you like, how did you know? How could you have possibly seen us go to all of these places and he's like well i've been following you (laughs) (laughs) which we kind of already knew a little bit but yeah i think that was part of the cliffhanger in the last chapter because they Mm -hmm. 
when Maisie and Wynn went to the restaurant and can like did their little like sleuthing on Ari, they came back out and then saw Pop Pop like driving along, you know, in the opposite direction. And um, Wynn was like, "Wait a second, he never drives. Where is he going? He's supposed to be at the shop. Like, what's mm-hmm. going on here?" So it kind of ties up that loose end. He was definitely following them around. <laughs> yeah, and he can like specifically like quote back to her like. He wasn't close enough to hear anything, but he was close enough to be like, and like, what was Raya doing to that guy you guys threw into the car? And like, you guys did mm-hmm. what at like Malta's Ari's restaurant? So like, he he like knew a lot of what was going on, um, which was really fun. And I mean, he immediately too was like, well, like, why wouldn't I? And she's kind of like, oh my gosh, you want to help with this? Because she's kind of been operating under the idea that you know her family doesn't want anything to do with Stephen Baird and like any mention of any of this makes them really uncomfortable but when she mentions it to him of like oh my god you don't mind like hearing about all of this you like want to help and he's like of course I want to help I want to do the same thing you want to do like your dad is my son (laughs) like I don't want to see him go to jail either so they kind of bond over that um yeah i just realized the other thing that i think was in between pop pop starting because I, I think part of the reason that he comes in is that she he kind of um notices that she's kind of furtively doing some online research mm. and so we get some more information about this uh big big drug heist that happened a while ago and how that oh yeah yeah and how she figures out that like just from like old um, newspaper clippings because she was kind of under the the idea that maybe someone could have stolen this drug that killed Stephen Baird recently but what Mm -hmm. she stumbles upon is that there was a a drug heist from a local uh, warehouse like a while ago like not recently yeah and that's actually part of a conversation that she had with Raya when like at the very beginning of this section when they were filling her in they Mm -hmm. were you know talking about all of their suspicions and they were like well Glennis Glennis yeah it's not Gladys yeah (laughs) (laughs) they're like well Glennis Vale is super suspicious because she works at the senior care facility so obviously she has access to drugs Mm -hmm. and Raya was like no actually this particular drug is literally just used in surgeries it would only be in hospitals yeah or maybe in warehouses before it gets to the hospital yeah so i think that's what kind of like got when thinking and starting to do a little bit of research on like drug heists and mm-hmm. you know different like different opportunities for people to to get a hold of this particular drug right yeah but she is a little bit, even though she, like, notices a lot of things that are connected and that she's like, wow, I do think that this team that pulled off this heist was Stephen Baird. And she's even, like, starting to think that it was Ari, too, because um, from last time we do remember that Ari had been kind of open about the fact that he used to do some kind of felonious dealings with Stephen Baird, but that he's turned over a new leaf or is trying to. And so she has enough information that, like, he could have been a part of that. Stephen Baird could have been a part of that. But she's also kind of like, well, but this is sort of a dead end because, like, I don't know what drugs these are. I don't know 
what happened to them. Like, it doesn't quite connect yet that, like, this... To be able to, like, tell the police, like, this is where the drug that killed Stephen Baird came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, for sure. But she does... Isn't this also the article where she found out that Stephen Baird was married? Yes. Oh, yeah. So that factors in a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, so she... I don't, and I think, it, I mean, it was still using, like, Pink Panther names. So yeah. there's also the kind of, like, everyone involved has, like a, like, a separate, like, code name while they're, you know, undercover thieving things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so um, she actually didn't catch, like, she knows what Stephen Bayard's, like, second name is. So she can identify him in all of these articles. But, um... She actually didn't catch the wife's name. She caught the wife's, like, pseudonym. Mm, yeah. So we, we don't have information on who exactly the wife is, but she was, it sounds like, not a part of the heist, but, like, also kind of, like, a, helping to cover it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Like, definitely an accomplice. Mm-hmm. And then, so now we get some really fun sleuthing with Pop Pop. Yeah, and thank goodness for Pop Pop, because he has some great ideas on where to go Uh next. He's like, why are you following random people around? Like, why don't you talk to the people who are like, you know, are actually involved? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, he takes her pretty directly to the source of all the information she needs, which I think is why it comes like he comes in as a fellow sleuth at this point because like all of his information is like crucial turning point information (laughs) yeah and it's funny because uh the first place he takes her is actually someone who's like kind of involved but he doesn't realize is like as involved as she is he's just like well of course we would go to her she knows everything (laughs) Mm -hmm. she's the nosy busybody of the town like she always has good information like why Um, wouldn't you go to her and by she you mean Ms. Devereaux our favorite Debbie Devereaux our favorite lady Well, it is, like, I don't know how you felt about it, but it it did feel, like, like really fun and orchestrated almost. Like, it almost felt like, even if he, right, even if he didn't know that, like, he knew that it was going to be such good information to go to. So, basically, Pop Pop takes her to Debbie Devereaux's and then to, um, the second destination isn't even really confirmed. It's just, like, we get along the way this, like, really cool... quote-unquote coincidental um basically Savta is driving them somewhere and it's it's her grocery like random grocery stop that leads to more information so it's it Mm -hmm. almost feels like well they also go to um visit Dan oh that's right that's right I forgot about that yeah so Pop-Up does have two two informants if if you will but yeah, no, that grocery stop was like definitely an unintended um, information dump, like a like a gold mine of clues. Yeah, because that one especially, I feel like, was really a tipping point of like, oh, mm-hmm. getting some real information here. So okay, so back to our favorite Debbie Devereaux. So right, they walk it. They basically just walk into her shop, and uh, 
um wins wins kind of like thinking to herself how funny it is that like throughout this this afternoon of like going to see Ms. Devereaux and then going to see um or having Sav to drive them around all of these women are just like kind of falling over themselves for him like they're all kind of flirting with him and she's like wow I didn't know that like he was such a such a charmer i guess (laughs) so she's like what a lady man (laughs) yeah she's like laughing about it to herself a little bit because like when they get there debbie Devereaux is kind of like oh hi like nice to see you guys like it's all just like it feels very like covert a little bit of like because we knew before that debbie had more information than she was giving win and it's almost like by pop pop being there and just like the way because it seems like even win said like I don't think I asked her the right way to like get the information from her. And like, it's almost like by bringing her grandfather and by like being there in such a specific way, I guess it's like it unlocked it somehow. Yeah. And it was kind of funny because I feel like we already had that conversation with her in the beginning and it was like, so weirdly like unhelpful. (laughs) yeah yeah it feels a little weird that she like was being so cagey at first and then like we get this conversation where she was like yeah i talked to the police and like told them like i had seen stephen bayard like you know that morning with a puppy so like that's why the detective had asked win about the puppy and like it just like Mm -hmm. answered a lot of questions because debbie Devereaux had like already talked to the police and already had a lot of information and it was like why wasn't this like better communicated earlier (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it was kind of like she was playing like a fun little game or like waiting for when to show up with her pop-up to like tell them both or something but Mm -hmm. she also has quite the treasure trove because she so she leaves pop-up to like mind her store while she takes win she like walks win out the back door and it's like i have something to show you and is it here that like I think it is here where Wynne to herself is kind of like, if I had like just left my grandfather and we weren't like in public, like I would think she was going to do me in right now because she was being so, she was like, maybe I just don't know her well enough. And she's always this like covert and mysterious, but she was like, it just felt so, you know, kind of weird and, you know, covert or whatever. But basically Debbie Devereaux walks her over to her sister's bed and breakfast and the sister's not there, but Debbie lets them in. She has a key, so she lets them in. And she walks them up to a room where she's like, okay, Stephen Baird stayed in this room. And Wynn's like, mind explodes. She's like, what are you talking about? And so she basically says that, like, yeah, he stayed here for one night, not the night that he was killed or the night before, even. Like, it was earlier so he was somewhere else the night before that but she also tells Wynn that she hasn't told the cops this yet or Detective Beverly Mm -hmm. this yet so Wynn is like oh no that's illegal and she's like no it's not he checked in under an assumed name and I'm only just gonna figure it out after you leave basically (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, so she she basically puts it together because he signed in under that Pink Panther pseudonym. The like, mm-hmm. yeah. So the I think the biggest thing that Wynn takes from the room is that she finds a dog collar and leash with a phone number on it, and so she mm-hmm. takes a picture of that, which that obviously 
you know, translates to the dog that the one interaction, the only interaction that Wynn had with this guy alive was that morning with the puppy where he was like, I have a lost dog. Like, do you know, do you know anyone that's lost this dog? Which in hindsight now, anyway, we'll get to that is a little bit wild. But yeah, so it has a phone number on it. She takes a picture of that. I think that's it. Is there any, are there any other tidbits in that, in the room? No, I think that was it. And I mean, it is very important later. I don't know why she didn't just like call the number immediately. I feel like I would not have been able to control myself. (laughs) I would have definitely called that number immediately, but she waits a little bit and it's a good thing she does because it'll come back around. Oh man, it really does come back around in a great dramatic way. She did make a really good point that I actually wouldn't have thought of. She was like, cause um, yeah, she like thinks about it and was like, or I think Debbie asks even there of like, you know, I haven't called the number, but like, should we call it now? And um, when is like, no, because what if, like if we're going to call from like, your landline or like my cell phone what if it's a phone that the cops have like if it's Stephen Baird's phone then like that's just gonna tip the cops off Mm. that like we're suspicious we're sleuthing yeah or it's gonna make us exactly especially if it's when like if she's calling and her dad's already under suspicion like I I do kind of get that of like you want to be really careful but then again I mean you could have called from like a payphone or something um Mm -hmm. or like found a time to do that but I feel like things things kind of speed up after this. There's not like a ton of time really in between this and uh, the end of the book. Yeah. Well, I think right after this is when they go visit Dan in the senior uh-huh. senior home. Or actually, do they go to the grocery store first? Yeah, the grocery store happens first. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because it's on the way. Because Safta tries to make Wynn eat a bunch of egg rolls in the car. And Wynn's like, I'm not hungry. And then that's supposedly the reason for the grocery store stop is that Savta is like, well, you need to eat something. So we're going to go to the grocery store and buy yourself here. Take this cart and buy yourself some put some fruit in the cart and I'll buy it for you. And Wynn's like, I don't want fruit. (laughs) (laughs) But what she does want is clues. And she gets some because... Yeah, within like minutes of walking into the store, she sees <gasps> drum roll, drum roll. She sees Glennis, not Gladys, Vale. <laughs> Glennis Vale. Yeah, that Glennis was uh, again. Uh, I mean, it has to be a small town because <laughs> she keeps running mm-hmm. into this lady everywhere yeah. she goes. But yeah, no, that was a good. Uh, a good run-in because I think this is where we start to like not suspect Glennis. Yes, I mean we like kind of still suspect Glennis. So in I mean yeah, at least not as much. Not as much. She seems a little a little bit more innocent. So yeah, they mm-hmm. so when sees Glennis and she starts kind of like sneakily trying to like chase her around the grocery store to like follow her and like see what she's up to. And she, she like, loses track of her at one point and, like, runs back into to Rivka and they're, like, chatting. And Glennis just, like, comes out of nowhere and, like, slams her cart into theirs and is like, why are you following me? Like, what did I do? Why are you, like, tormenting me? So, obviously, Wynn is not as sneaky as she thinks she is. <laughs> no. But, um... 
yeah, they have a little like confrontation right there in the grocery store. And it turns out that Glennis is, so I think the biggest thing that we learned from this conversation is she's not, uh, what's the kid's name? Jasper? Jasper. Yeah. Jasper. Yeah. She's not Jasper's actual mom. So in that night when, uh, when finds the body, she sees Jasper, she sees the scarf, um, and she hears, you know, someone calling after him and, you know, he's like, you know, running back up to, to meet his, his mom, who she assumes is Glennis because she's mm-hmm. the one kind of like trying to, you know, take care of him. And like, she's standing with him and I think calls him her son. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, in the conversation in the grocery store, when's like, listen, this is like, this is personal to me. Like, I know you think I'm just like crazy and like coming at you for no reason, but like, they're suspecting my family of this. Like they have my dad Mm -hmm. under suspicion. He's a key like suspect. I really need more information from you. Like what is going on? Mm -hmm. And Glennis lets her know that like, it's, it was actually Jasper's biological mother that he saw mm-hmm. on during that night, like on that kind of like cliff overhang, like river area where the body was found. And that's why he was running down there. She was like, he didn't see Stephen Bayard. He didn't see any murder. He didn't see anything. He just saw his biological mother and she like disappeared like she always does. Mm-hmm. So... Now we have a new mystery suspect who was also there that night. Yeah, which, like, that was a really sweet moment because, like, clearly they both have spent this this entire book, like, hating each other, Glennis and Wynn. And, like, that was such a good moment where, like, they kind of had to admit these, like, vulnerable things to each other. And it really did seem like, you know, kind of pulling teeth for both of them. But, yeah, right, Wynn is like, hey, this is about my family and... Gladys is like, well, then you should understand because I'm basically protecting someone that I see as my family. And yeah, she says that she's just trying to trying to take care of Jasper as best she can because he's been through. She doesn't really she doesn't get into detail, but she basically is like he's been through some really rough stuff. Mm-hmm. We do have a nice little conversation with her. She seems mm-hmm. much less suspicious, much more human. Yeah. And then we get to the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And see, so when sees her car and is like, oh, like I don't know why she she looks in the car. I guess she's just like still a little bit curious or like maybe hoping to like, I think she was hoping to like see Jasper or like maybe ask him a couple of questions. But what does she see in the car instead? Oh my god, the fucking puppy, the mystery puppy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The mystery puppy that Stephen Bayard had stolen, I guess. I mean, we already suspected that he had stolen it from someone. Right. Yeah. But yeah, the the puppy that never made it to uh, the police station. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Glennis has it. Yeah, right. Which like throws her back into suspicion. So it's like, why do you have that? I mean, it is it is such an interesting like tie in in the conclusion. But yeah, it is like very suspicious of like, Okay, I just was feeling good, like better about you, and now you have the puppy. Like, what <laughs> is going on with you? So yeah, so then they right, so then they go to talk to Dan. Um, oh right, so mm-hmm. like meanwhile, poor Satva is just like or Savta, sorry, is um, 
just like standing there with her grocery cart and is like, are you done? Can we go? (laughs) (laughs) Can Um, you eat something yet? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Can you eat that fruit that I'm going to buy for you? And so they do make it out of there and then they, yeah, all, all of them. Well, I don't think Safta goes with them to like into the retirement home to talk to Dan. I think that's just Wynn and her pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is really sweet. Like Dan seems like he's pretty close with um, Wynn's grandfather. And even before they walk in, Wynn's grandfather looks at her kind of sternly and is like, he did not do this. You will not, you will be respectful of him. And like, she's like, I no, I don't think he did this. And, um, so they have that kind of like as a starter starting point. And then, yeah, they go in and they basically just have him kind of recap his history with Stephen Baird, which is very different than what we have heard from Wynn's mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think the biggest thing to come out of this is that, well, the biggest surprise is that, yeah, Wynn was thinking that Dan and his son Danny were both kind of suspicious because Dan's wife had taken Danny and like run off with Stephen Baird, but it turns out that's not actually the case. Mm-hmm. And she seemed to think that Stephen Baird was like super suspicious and didn't want anything to do with him. And the reason that she left was because Dan had been not necessarily like in business with him but had been like loaning a back room in the bike shop to Stephen Baird and his like crew to store some of their like suspicious and thieved items that Mm -hmm. they were trying to like you know move and store and all that yeah so surprise there he's no longer on the suspect list but definitely kind of goes back to there being something really important in that shop and um, kind of makes the connection with the the article that Wynn read about the the like warehouse robbery with all of the drugs that they had stolen, you know, years ago and started thinking like, okay, maybe there was something in the now flower shop that had gotten robbed recently. Like maybe there was yeah. something that was still there that was important and maybe it was drugs from that robbery and maybe that's where the like the actual like murder weapon came from like that's maybe where whoever murdered Stephen Baird got the drugs from mm-hmm. instead of like a hospital or a warehouse now maybe they had already been stolen and stored for like the past three years right yeah um I also forgot that at the beginning of uh wins pop pop kind of like coming on as an investigator he kind of chastises her and Maisie a little bit for sort of what we were i feel like last episode we were kind of like yeah like i definitely get the idea that research has shown like male versus female killers you know can sometimes statistically kill in different ways but i mean yeah i feel like last episode we kind of were like yeah but like the gender binary isn't like at like what does that mean and like what does that what do those stats really have anything to do with like specific crimes like this and he kind of says that to her she like feels a little bit embarrassed where he's kind of like yeah but maybe you should relook at like maybe you shouldn't just be looking at men just because you think it like quote unquote would have taken strength to like stab someone with this needle like maybe you should be like widening your idea of who did this and she's like oh my god we should that's like 
so small-minded of me. You're right. You're right. And so she kind of like backtracks on that too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, I feel like, well, I feel like at this point we have like all of the components of the, like all of the clues and components of the mystery that we need to tie it together. It just needs to like, yeah, there's like one more thing that happens that kind of like brings it all like that last piece of information together. And so we actually don't get that until the night of the event, which Wynn is catering for. And I can't remember which event it is. It's like one of the two that she was catering for. It's the president's the, dinner, Julia. How dare you? Oh, the president's dinner. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Oh, you're right. Because the like, what was the other event? The other one event was like a sorority event. She was going to do yeah. like an ice cream bar. Yeah, yeah. It was a little less formal. This one's like pretty... Yeah, that's right. So yes, mm-hmm. one of the events that she is catering for at the university where they're making those like three different like delicious sounding desserts that I Ugh, want yes. in my face right now. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah. So uh, I feel like the the next couple of, you know, pages or the next chapter or whatever, we get a, a little bit of a break from sleuthing because she has not prepared for this event at all. And so she spends like no. <laughs> a whole day making like 50 cakes mm-hmm. to, you know, feed, you know, 150 people. So, yeah, so they're making, you know, they spend a day making desserts. Everyone's kind of like pitching in. I think I was earlier it might have been earlier in the section where Maisie like comes storming in and is like I work here now (laughs) but it might have been this section too I can't remember but no I think it was this section because she's like she did the thing where like she threatened it earlier but then like this is a point where she comes in and she because she's still like really convinced that Ari is the murderer and she's like I can't work for a murderer I work for you now (laughs) and Wynn's mom is like do you? <laughs> She's like, who told you that? And Wynn's like, no, 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 I did. I did. Yeah. She's like, oh, sorry, Maisie. Like, you're just kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but turns out it's a, a good thing. She shows up because they have to make a bajillion cakes in like a matter of hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they, they get it done. They go, they go to the event. So it's Wynn and wait, uh, Maisie there who are working the event together, um, you know, and serving cakes. And uh, actually Ari is there too, which we knew was going to happen because he's catering the dinner and they're catering the dessert. So they see Ari there. They see, um, oh my God, I forget her name. The, the waitress that had, she maybe wasn't a waitress. Yeah. Althea. uh, Offending her. (laughs) Or her status. No. But the... I think she was the host. I think she was like a host, okay. but she was there as a server because Ari... I don't... I mean, obviously, they didn't need a host at the banquet. I think he just had pulled a bunch of the people that worked for him to be servers because um, mm-hmm. they were also serving for Wynn's dessert as well. So I think he needed like extra people. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, Althea was there, who was the uh, the woman that they had met in Ari's restaurant when they were sleuthing, mm-hmm. and she had also been behind the flower shop um, at some point when Wynn was, you know, back there also sleuthing or like taking out trash or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Althea was the one who had uh, vouched for Ari on the she was his um alibi on the night of the murder 
So they've they've met her before. They've seen both of them together, but you know they're like seemingly together together at this event, and so they're Win and Maisie are over there at their little station, just kind of like, oh my god, like what do we do? Like we're gonna have to like sit here and like watch him and like think he's a murderer mm-hmm. from afar. Like this is so awkward. So I can't remember what brought it up, but um, something clued Maisie into the fact that she has been left out of some of the sleuthing (laughs) that has been going on. Yes. So she gets all excited and, you know, insists that Wynne fill her in on everything that uh, she's been doing with Pop Pop and everything that she's learned uh, throughout the day. Um, or throughout the like couple of days that she's been going around with him, and Maisie being a little bit more, um, a little bit more uh, bold, I guess, a little bit more uh, impulsive, <laughs> snaps mm-hmm. a, a photo of um, when Win shows her the picture of the dog collar. Maisie like immediately whips out her phone and snaps a photo and is like, "I'm gonna call it." <laughs> So yep. she yep. calls it like immediately and she's like, it's ringing. And Wynn's like, how did you get that? What did you do? <laughs> Don't do that. Put that down. Yep. Oh my God. But it was so great because I think it's Maisie is like, or someone is like, oh my God, there's a phone ringing in this room right now. Yeah. Well, there were two phones ringing in the room because I think it was like the exact same. No, it must have been right afterwards. So a phone was ringing in the room and someone picks up and um, Maisie's like, oh my God, they're, they're here. Like they picked up. Who is it? And they look around the room and it's Althea. Whoa. Uh-huh. Which was, yep. I mean, they were obviously expecting Glennis to pick up because she's the one who had the dog, but yeah, nope, it was definitely Althea. And actually at the same time, I forgot that at the same time, Wynn was trying to um, Google Stephen Bayard's marriage oh, records on his yes. phone. Because, right. I mean, I think it, it just like came up as she was talking to Maisie that um, she had looked into the article and like realized that Stephen Bayard had been married and it just kind of like slipped her mind or like didn't seem important at the time. And then they saw, oh, at the event also and he was like starting to come over and they were like oh yeah we can like do research online Mm -hmm. of like all of these records just like oh had mentioned beforehand so she was like in the middle of googling um stephen baird's marriage records when Maisie was calling and so althea picks up the phone right as the search like results come up and it's althea who was married mm-hmm. to Stephen Bayard. So they kind of like that all like comes to together, like in that one kind of like paragraph, like just all at the same time. So, I mean, there we have it. We have our, our murder suspect number one right there in the room with them. Yeah. It's pretty wild. It's just like, I mean, just that like salacious gossipy thing of like, oh my god, that person's phone is ringing here. We can see who it is with our <laughs> own eyes. Like, it's just so good. And then, yeah, they do a thing where like, I know I had stopped suspecting O, but I know at one point we were like, what are O's motives? Like, is he trying to write a book? Like, is he involved somehow? Like, mm-hmm. what's his deal? 
so like Maisie just up and tells him everything just because he's standing there and I was like no I keep know it close I did to the, the same chest. thing I know yeah. I, I did the exact same thing when she was when he was like oh are you gonna call the cops and they were like we don't know and I was like please don't tell him anything he's I know. still so suspicious <laughs> oh it's also that like setup thing too right in like mysteries or like any or like suspense thrillers it's like it's that person that you tell anything too it's always that first person that like fucks up your plans of like just going to the cops or like just going to that person like you know it's like that's Mm -hmm. the the formula usually um but it does turn out that he actually is not involved and he actually was just trying to help after Um, all of that and all of our yeah thrown on him he was totally fine and like actually helpful (laughs) i mean i will never forget forgive him for how he acted in that soup line but (laughs) no absolutely not he was so inappropriate in that soup line just leave women in their lunch lines alone they're hungry they want food Uh just don't do it just don't do it (laughs) yeah (laughs) yes um so we really only have like one real big bit of drama left which is that mm-hmm. um so also right around this time so there is kind of a setup to this but um Win had ordered business cards that are also double as um like little punch cards for the the business so that she could pass them out to anyone who asked um and they hadn't come in time I will say I meant to say this earlier I will say the use of like Usually I'm I'm like, oh, that's like too coincidental or whatever. But I feel like because it's such a small town and like because I really like the writing of this and it's done so well, like there are some really great moments of like coincidence coming, mm-hmm. like everything coming together. It just is like really satisfying. So one yeah. of those moments is that, um, so the business cards hadn't come in time. They She was having them like UPS to her. And I think she, like, could see the tracking or whatever. She's like, they're supposed to be here soon, but, like, we have to leave anyway. So they left. And so as they're, like, getting ready to serve, when... And literally, like, as all of this is happening and they're, like, talking to O and O's like, okay, I'm going to call Detective Beverly and get him over here. As they're kind of game planning that, Wins Pop-Pop calls and is like, hey, those business cards showed up. I'm here. Like, do you want me to come up? And she's like, oh, no, there's, like, no parking spots down there. Like, I'll come down and get them from you. Like, that's so sweet. Thank you. So she starts to go down. She gets to the... Oh, there's, like, a whole thing, too, with, like, the stairwell. Like, all the doors are locked coming up from the garage. But you can... Like, all and all the doors are locked going down except the first floor. Mm-hmm. And so she, like, knows all of this because when she first came in, this, like, kind of like little bumbling person at the front desk this guy had told her and Maisie that the dinner was on floor two not floor four so they were kind of like grumbling about that they had like gone to the wrong floor well Maisie had gone to the wrong floor and then ended up on floor four that factors in later so she goes down she as soon as she gets into the stairwell she hears her name called and she turns around and it's Althea with a fucking steak knife just like <laughs> standing at the top of the stairs being like basically doing a version of like you meddling kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she really did not handle this well. I feel like if I had been Althea and I had like people on my tail and I knew that they were suspicious I probably would have just like silently left and like skipped town and like moved to a different state or like Canada or something yeah you know but yeah Mm -hmm. she like 
you know, barges into the stairwell with Wynn with a knife, exactly, and is like, mm-hmm. I know you know I killed him. Like, why would you say uh, yeah. that? <laughs> no, right. Like, wow, that's very... I mean, I guess it, it kind of seems in character just as we, like, <laughs> get to know her a little bit better in the stairwell. Like, she definitely seems a little... Unhinged? Unhinged, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and they kind of have like a little one of those kind of like standoffs where Wynn's trying to take a couple steps at a time. She's still three floors up and she knows the only door open is the first floor. Um, so she's like stepping down and Althea's kind of following her like step by step and is being like, you take one more step, you're going to regret it type situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and like while giving a little bit more information along the way. Although does she really? I feel like we have most of the information and or we get more of it later. Yeah, she really um, just like admits to killing Stephen Bayard. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then she she kind of gets win because Win this whole time has been like, What? No, I didn't know that. <laughs> How that's would I crazy. Know any of that? I yeah, haven't been then, following you around <laughs> or yeah. looking into any of this. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, but then she does kind of like get tripped up at one point and is like, yeah, okay, like I, I know that you did this. I can't remember exactly what it is, but Althea ends up lunging at her and like gashing her arm. Mm-hmm. Um and then Wynn just is like, okay, it's, I like, I liked the writing of that because it was in Wynn's like point of view of Wynn just being like, okay, it's time to run now. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, Althea like lunges at her, but because Wynn is like below her on the stairs, she's like lunging over a railing and just kind of like loses her oh, balance right. a little bit. And so mm-hmm. Wynn's like, yep, she's off balance. Gotta go. Bye. <laughs> yeah like books it but starts to get kind of cornered on the second floor like at right as the like she's kind of passing the second floor and it's like oh my gosh I'm almost to the first floor and like something about Althea like getting kind of closer um and then she hears a scream and she hears the knife like clatter across the uh, across the ground and in one of the most like satisfying like full circle things the front desk guy, so Pop Pop had parked. He had found a spot. He, because he's a nice guy, was like bringing the cards up. The front desk guy had told him floor two also. Mm-hmm. And as they were spiraling down floor two, he heard Wynn scream as he was on floor two on the wrong floor. And so he had opened the door and just like basically clotheslined Althea, like with the door. Yeah, he had, um, like, I mean, just... I think he had, was, you know, obviously coming to to a rescue, so he had, like, flung it open right as she was coming down the stairs and had, like, yeah. totally clocked her and, like, knocked her out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love, like, in the perfect, just, like, I don't know, it just felt like the perfect small town, like, oh my god, of course it all comes down to, like, one guy telling everyone the wrong, like, specific people the wrong mm-hmm. floor, you know, like, something yeah. like that just felt like... Not only, like, coincidence, but, like, a really good, like, callback to just, like, kind of the randomness of small towns, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, that was really great. And so, yeah, that's basically it. Like, that ends the actual book. Book. Um, and then we have mm-hmm. a, little, a little epilogue at the end. Yeah, we do get a little a little wrap-up. So I think the, the only other... I guess we, we kind of learned this from Althea's rant in the stairwell, but, you know, the only other kind of, like, tie-in we have 
is that she, so Stephen Baird had come back into town. We already knew this from talking to Ari. He wanted to, you know, come back and do another, pull another job. And Ari wasn't in. He, like, honestly was trying to turn his life around and, like, be a restaurant owner and, like, you know, um, like, have everything be, like, legal and, you know, on the up and up. Um, but Althea wanted in. And Stephen Baird was like, no, I don't want my ex-wife do like you know like i don't trust you i don't want you like in my business you know i don't think you're capable of like pulling this off with me so he had like totally left her out in the cold which made her angry Mm -hmm. and then he stole her puppy oh i know i loved that that was the tipping point because like yeah that would be the tipping point for like anyone who's already gonna kill someone like if you already have that in you it's like and then someone steals your dog it's like yeah that's the that's the storyline of john wick like (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah right it did turn out that like yeah Stephen baird had stolen the dog and then how did the dog end up with because the the dog was like hadn't she given the dog to or wanted to give the dog Uh, yeah i forget exactly how the dog ended up with jasper I think she she probably gave the dog to Glennis after mm. probably after she killed Stephen and got the dog back. Oh, fair. Um, but I think she and Glennis had been friends, and Glennis had taken Jasper because of how unstable Althea was. Oh, right. And so I I think Althea was kind of like, I mean, like Glennis said when she was talking to when in the grocery store, she's kind of like disappears you know and doesn't Mm -hmm. like come back or doesn't show up and like is just very unreliable so i'm sure she was just got her dog back and was like yeah of course i would give this to my son right even though she's not suitable as a parent right yeah and then yeah we we get kind of an epilogue that's where we get the information about raya and more information about noah the guy um who had stolen her her code at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, we do get that Maisie sort of begrudgingly admitted that Ari wasn't involved, and she kind of softens because she's like, oh, okay, wow, he really was just trying to turn his life around. Like, I'm an asshole a little bit. and so, she, But she it does kind of end up on like, but I'm not going back to work for him. Like, I'm staying at the creamery. <laughs> yeah. um, mm-hmm. Oh, I did like the, they, <laughs> that uh, that Wins Pop Pop gave the the guy at the front desk that gave them all the wrong floor he gave him a lifetime like free supply of ice cream (laughs) (laughs) just because like he's the reason that that pop-up was able Mm -hmm. to save when oh and we do get the because like from the beginning of the dinner when they're figuring everything out and oh is saying like oh i'll call detective beverly over and like we'll have her arrested Win is the one that's like, oh my god, these people give bad reviews for like literally anything. So like, please do it quietly and like, let's not get like my <laughs> yeah. new business a bad review. And so they do. It is really like fun that they make a point in the epilogue to be like, the dinner did go off without a hitch, and like they did get it. I mean, I don't think they go as far as to say they got a good review, but it was like everyone was raving about the ice cream and also the fact that like. I think they don't, I don't think anyone hears that about like the drama in the stairwell, but I think they do hear that Pop Pop kind of caught Althea. I think maybe the story they get is that Pop Pop kind of caught Althea running away and that she was arrested. So they're like, oh, the heroic Mm -hmm. family of, you know, Cruz Creamery. So they get a little bit of like local notoriety for that too. 
Yeah. But I think that's really it, right? Yeah, that's it. Um, And fun extra from the book that we already mm-hmm. knew was there. But after you're done, you get recipes in back. So I know. Oh, my God. Yeah. Love the recipes. You're going to have to. I keep saying it, but I don't have an ice cream maker. So you're going to have to make them and report back. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, actually, now that now that we're back here, let me just read them off so that I think we already mentioned a couple of them in earlier episodes. But I'm going to read them off so that everyone knows if you want to buy the book, here's what you get. So Mm -hmm. we get Grandma K's snow ice cream, which is, of course, what Wynne was making or trying to make when she found the dead body. What started it all? What started it all? Um, We have Raya's Upskill Cherry Amaretto Chocolate Chunk Ice Cream, which sounds amazing. Yeah, if I'm going to eat an ice cream, like, I'm ice cream sometimes hurts my stomach, but, like, a cherry chocolate, that's what I'm going for. Yeah, for sure. Um, This one sounds delicious to me because I'm basic and love pumpkin spice, but (laughs) Chagrin Falls Pumpkin Spice Roll Ice Cream, which I think was one of the ones that Wynn came up with on her uh, first failed night when she was trying to make the fall themed mm-hmm. ice creams to get more uh, to get more customers. Yeah. And then the last one is Wilhelmina's caramel corn ice cream, which also sounds amazing. Ooh. Yeah, I remember that one. She made that one kind of like middle of the book and she I remember she like had some corn and her I think it was her mom was like, what are you gonna do with that? And then one was like oh, I'm making caramel corn ice cream. And everyone was like, yes! (laughs) Great idea. Yeah, so you use, I mean, not to give away the recipes because by the book, but Mm -hmm. it does call for raw ears of corn. So it's not like popcorn ice cream. It's actual corn ice cream, which sounds great. That does sound really good. Um, Maybe we should give a little shout out to like our favorite local bookstores because like I've, I've been trying to buy a lot more from local bookstores as opposed to you know any big chains or or amazon i did finally delete my amazon account so not to like (laughs) try to pat myself on the back too much but i also just love local bookstores and like they are in kind of trouble right now so um Mm -hmm. and a lot of them ship too like if you want to so my favorite local one that i first first fell in love with when i moved to la is called stories bookstore stories it's so good it's so cute and like just really great yeah they'll ship anywhere if you're local they'll like do a little curbside pickup for you yeah anyway love them nice nice yeah yeah so i as as we all know i have a i do have a favorite book place in baltimore it's not a store it's my free bookstore oh (laughs) yeah yeah it's called the book thing um, it has been closed down for a while, even before COVID, because they're trying to, like, revamp their whole, like, nonprofit status. Oh. But I actually ordered this book online from um, bookshop, bookshop.com or bookshop.org. But I, it's, like, a platform that lets you, like, order from different local bookstores across the country. And so I got this one from um, semicolon bookstore, which I think is in Chicago. It's a black owned bookstore in Chicago. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I remember you saying that. That's such a cool, such a cool platform. That's really neat. Yeah. 
Well, there you have it, guys. Oh, my gosh. So fun um, being back in 2021. We hope you guys all had, you know, safe and festive holidays. We hope you're doing okay and not, you know, losing your minds too much as this quarantine and pandemic stretch on. And we just hope you're hope you're having some good cuddles with your animals and reading some good books. Yeah. Oh, and if you don't have a good book, we recommend this one. I was just going to say, yeah. <laughs> and we have obviously lots of recommendations. Um, we also Ooh, and also sorry not to keep cutting no, no, you no. off. <laughs> <laughs> We're like basically saying the same things. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I follow this author, Abby Collette, on Instagram, yes. and it looks like her new book the sequel to this one is coming out soon. So oh, get ready for goodness. that one. That's It's called A Game of Cones, which oh, is hilarious to me. <laughs> just lo- I love that. I love it. Um, yes, we'll definitely have to do that in the future. We're also, so yeah, tune in next time. We're also eyeing, since it's, you know, coming up on February, Valentine's Day, romancy, all of that. Um, my friend, shout out to my friend Cricket, who actually turned me on to and gave me to... Um, cat related romance novels so we might tr- dip our toes into that next time um yeah which i am excited about because yeah. i feel like dogs always get the romance novels it's like dogs bringing their owners together but you know what mm. i don't have a dog so <laughs> <laughs> i need some cat romance <laughs> yeah so we'll definitely keep you posted on that we will also get back to the cat who in 2021 we have not strayed too far from our original purpose uh as a podcast (laughs) and yeah just you know sending love to you guys and uh tune back in next time yeah all right pet your kitties for us and your puppies and your bunnies and And not your fish (laughs) that would be weird (laughs) i mean if they like being petted i don't know anything about fish yeah i wouldn't recommend it but give it a try if it's a big fish that's not going to hurt them. Just give a little finger waggle from the other side <laughs> of the <laughs> the container. Yeah. Tank, that's what they're called. God, I yes. don't know anything about fish. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye. Bye.